0: Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast, the official podcast of filmpulse.net. This is episode number 132. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today we have Kevin Rakestraw. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing okay. Good. Considering. Considering. Considering considering all the terrible things that I've been reading about. Yes, the internet is not a nice place, especially for women right now. Uh, This week on the show, we'll be getting Ryan Holes back to take a look at the results of our summer movie predictions. And of course we'll be going over this week's regular movie predictions. Ooh, okay. New on video on demand and DVD and blurry releases. First, let's talk about some of what we've been watching. I think it may be my turn to kick it off. Uh whoa. I saw a lot of stuff. Did you? I saw a whole lot of stuff this week. Oh boy. Was it good? Uh, I saw Deep Sleep. Okay. Sono profundo. Ooh, I wanted I, I wanted to see this. How was it? Uh, So I don't think you're going to like it. Uh Uh-oh. It's a really tough movie to get through if you are not fully invested in the idea of this movie, which is to recreate a 70s Giallo film. And I'll tell you, it is astounding what the director did with this movie. It was directed by uh, an Italian Italian director by the name of Luciano Onetti. Okay. And... I don't know how this was shot if he just if he shot it on digital and used a ton of filters or if he actually used uh, like 16 millimeter film. I don't know. I should probably look into this because (laughs) it looks like a movie straight out of Italy in the 70s. I mean, you would not be able to tell that this was a new movie. And if you just threw this at me and said that it was made in like '73, you would not. I yeah. would just buy. You into would it. buy into it easily. There is nothing okay. that lets that that kind of breaks the the guise of this movie. It okay. is, is incredible. The look, the sound, it's the small details in this that really push it over the edge. Like for instance, there's not a lot of violence in this movie, but when there is violence and they show blood, it's that bright neon red colored blood that looks so fake and ridiculous (laughs) that they used to use yes and the problem i had with the movie was the plot itself uh there are really no characters in this movie you see everything through the eyes of the killer so the whole movie is pov which i thought worked in the new maniac the maniac remake with elijah wood i actually liked it being used there in this i didn't like it that much. Everything felt very claustrophobic. Every shot was extreme close up. Every okay. shot. Gotcha. And a lot of the shots are just of the killer's hands and he's like over expressing himself with his hands all the time. The interesting thing about this movie is that it follows two different killers. So there is a killer and then there's another killer. Well, we got two killers. That goes after this person. Yeah.
1: Okay. There's a so we have a killer is there a killer going after another killer?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh my god, it's like Dexter. <laughs> it's like every season of Dexter.
0: Yeah, not not <laughs> maybe the but loosest, better? the absolute loosest sense you could come up with. <laughs> I will say that for for fans of Giallo, they must see this. Just because it's incredible. Everything from the title cards to the music and Onetti also did the music for this movie. It's incredible. I cannot like speak highly everything. enough about this.
1: Looks like he did everything. He did everything. Director, writer, he's in the movie.
0: Yeah. Good lord. It's almost completely dialogue free. There's maybe one scene of dialogue when the second killer calls up the first killer and he's like, I know what you're doing. But that. other than that, there's almost no dialogue in this movie whatsoever. There is a scene where the killer is watching a news report on tv and that has some dialogue but other than that very very sparse dialogue and that's another thing that i think will turn off some people this is an extremely polarizing film not a lot of people are going to like this movie i'm still
1: extremely interested even though you said from the outset i don't think you'll like this. i don't
0: think you're going to like it but i think that it's. It sounds so damn interesting. Yeah, I think that you could appreciate it. And if, if you haven't heard of this movie, check out the trailer, and it'll give you an idea of I what they're like, going for. I did like the trailer. Yeah. Basically, so the the trailer is what you get. It's just 66 minutes of that. Okay. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it, it's a short movie, but it felt long, like I was ready for it to be over. There's a very interesting twist. <laughs> That happens at the end that I'm still not really sure of, like how it ends. It gets really confusing at the end because you never get to see the killer, and the complete lack of dialogue makes things a little confusing. Okay. But Mm -hmm. it's still a light recommend for only for people that are into Giallo movies. Okay. Because I am a huge fan. I love Mario Bava, I love Early Argento. So this was kind of right in my wheelhouse. And just watching it, I was astounded at how they did it. It was that in and of itself is worth checking out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say from everything that you said, it feels like
1: I could like this movie. But even if I don't, I can respect it. Exactly. And
0: that's the thing. Which,
1: which tells me that I need to watch it.
0: Yeah. I, I'm in. I th- I'm in. And this is, I believe, available now. And you can get it on DVD. They are coming out with a VHS release of this. Oh, boy. Yeah, so that's that's cool, too. I think it is on Video On Demand, too. And there was, uh, there was one other thing. Oh, in my review, which you can read on the site, I, I did a full review of this. I compared it to Beyond the Black Rainbow. It had the same kind of feel to me where it was most certainly style over substance. Mm-hmm. And it's just... If you can get past that then you will you will like it. Cuz I liked Beyond Beyond the Black Rainbow just for the visuals and the music alone. I thought that the plot was garbage and I couldn't even tell you what that movie is about if you ask me now. But it's about a girl that's trapped in a lab and she has powers.
1: <laughs> that's I have to I have to admit that's one that I have to I need to revisit
0: that one. I would like to revisit that one too, and this one I will also like to revisit at some point just because now that I've seen the end, I'd like to rewatch it and pick up the clues and things that happen throughout the movie. but man you you just you have to see this movie it's It's something else, and I don't know why, as far as I can tell, we're the only people that are covering this movie. there's like no coverage of this movie whatsoever. It completely fell under the radar.
1: Yeah, which doesn't make sense because it seems like Jello's kind of making a comeback. It is, it is, yeah. You have, you have the strange color of your body's tears. Um, there is one that I started, haven't finished yet, called Tombville, which, oh boy, you have to check that one out. Oh, I definitely will if it's oh Jello inspired. Oh, it is
0: like art house horror to the T. It is, it's something else. Oh, I definitely will. Um, there's also The Editor, which is the new Astron 6 movie. That's that's a Giallo-inspired movie as well. I think
1: you had, um, what was the Toby Joan one? What was that Barbarian Sound Studio? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yep, yeah, come one's...
1: on. What's going on here? Why is no one talking about... I don't know. Bundle?
0: I don't know. I don't know if it just didn't have strong marketing or if it didn't screen many places. I don't know, but... Here. It's out now, so if you are into Giallo, I will implore you to check this out. Because as far as the the Neo Giallo movies, I did that in air quotes. Oh, look, oh, look at you! This is this is definitely one to look into again. Oh, again, Damn. very light on character and plot. Not a lot going on in this movie. A lot of it will frustrate you, and you'll just be like, "Okay, this is getting a little bit ridiculous." But at the same time, it honors those giallo movies warts and but, all you know but but look at you coming up with genre labels i didn't come up with you like, no you're like a you're like a full-on critic i didn't come up with that that's coming up with empty genres i love it yeah well <laughs> that's what i do
1: post 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 giallo yeah
0: so look it up sono profondo or it's translated to deep sleep so if you're looking at it on Letterboxd, I think that they might have also changed the title on IMDb to Deep Sleep, but okay. you'll you'll be able to find it. It's got a really cool poster as well.
1: All right, and I feel weird following that up with On My Way, which is a road trip movie starring Catherine Deneuve, directed by Emmanuel Berlco, and wherein you had a lot of nice things to say about Sono Profondo. <laughs> Mm. I don't have much to say about this one other than uh, the camera work towards the beginning for like the first third of the movie, maybe half. I'm being generous if I say the first half. He tries so hard to keep it interesting. There's a lot of great, um, uh, what the fuck are they called? Camera shots. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes, camera shots no, that's not what I was looking for. Uh, uh, those ride along shots, I don't know what they're actually called, like you know what I mean where you're you're following like someone in driving car? in their car, yeah, yeah and the the camera's the one in the car in front of them. there's a lot of interesting shots that try really hard to keep this movie interesting but after like the halfway point it just all disappears there's an instance where they do the duplass brothers like quick zoom in and they zoom out and they like readjust the focus and everything Mm -hmm. and then immediately after that point all the interesting camera work is gone like they just drop it and i don't know why they do this but as soon as they do that you're just like oh my god this movie's terrible it's just, like, why am I watching this? So Catherine Deneuve plays a restaurateur and terrible mother slash grandmother who, after finding out that you know she's been sleeping with this married man, he wants nothing to do with her, so in the middle of the lunch, the lunch rush, she just leaves, gets in her car, and just drives off. Which is kind of relatable to everyone. You want to do that
0: throughout your work day. <laughs> except, but, except I work from home, so it would just be... <laughs> <laughs> it'd be me, like, leaving the house, <laughs> going to grab a bite to eat.
1: <laughs> so maybe not relatable to everyone. <laughs> if I know what you mean. But for people that don't work at home, kind of relatable. Except that we're not having affairs with married men. Some of us. <laughs> and, so she leaves, right? And what what does she do? She goes to a bar. She starts drinking with some people. And she ends up sleeping with this really young guy who is fucking clingy as shit. So that's the first thing that she does. And then she ends up picking up her grandson. They go on this road trip. It turns into this road trip movie where she's the absentee grandmother reconnecting with her kid. And it's just all types of awful and just, there's nothing redeeming about this at all, except for the camera work in the first, third, maybe half of the movie. Outside of that, everything is awful. And Catherine Deneuve, just her, I don't know if it's her character, I'm starting to think that it's her as an actress as a whole, because every movie that I've seen her in, she acts exactly the same way, which is where she has absolutely no personality and she just gives all this, gives off this air of I don't want to be here. <laughs> like people try and interact with her, and she's just like, no, 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 thank you. And that's all the movie is. And then they have, their, you know, there's these big grandiose fights between her and her estranged daughter, and there's there's nothing. There's no re- resolution or anything. They just stop having their argument. And then it moves on to something else that's just completely hollow. I don't understand this film at all. And I implore you not to watch it. sounds like you, were, you were trying to describe Tammy. It's, it's like Tammy, but with no attempts at comedy whatsoever. <laughs> There's a point where they stop at a gas station and the kid wants to get... Which, by the way, the kid in this movie... For the longest time, I could not tell if it was the grandson or the granddaughter. (laughs) Little uh, interaction, yeah. Turns out it's grandson. He wants he wants a pair of sunglasses, which, by the way, are pretty kick ass sunglasses. So I can understand why he wants them. But she says no because she has no fucking money because she's terrible with everything. So he throws a hissy fit and just leaves. And then she's like running around trying to find her grandson and. In that small instance, it felt exactly like The Vanishing. And I was really hoping that it would go down the same narrative path mm-hmm. as The Vanishing. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. She finds the kid. <laughs> and then they go
0: on to do stupid, meaningless things. Wow. Yeah. It's awful. Mm. Okay. I saw Jamie Marks is dead, which just, okay. just came out on VOD. Premiered at Sundance. I didn't get a chance to see this but uh, I'm kind of glad I didn't see it at Sundance because I was not into this movie. This is a a movie that's kind of interesting, and I'm sure that this has cropped up in your watching where after you watch it, you're like, man, that was so close to being a good movie, but it just didn't quite make it there for you for whatever reason. Yeah. This is a movie about this kid who is bullied, mercilessly bullied, and he winds up dead. And his ghost appears to this kid and kind of follows him around and he ends up becoming friends with them. With the ghost? With the ghost, yeah. Okay. And it's based on a young adult novel and immediately, and I didn't know that before going into this, had I known that, I'd be a little more apprehensive about seeing this. That being said, this doesn't really feel like a young adult adaptation. This is a very dark movie. There's a lot of... I mean, it's a bleak ass movie. It's completely <laughs> colorless. It's depressing. It looks amazing, though. I will give it that. The cinematography in this movie is top notch. It looks awesome. But isn't that isn't that kind of like disheartening to know
1: that most young adult novels nowadays are just so bleak?
2: Yeah.
0: It is hopeless. <laughs> and th- this one more so. <laughs> this one more so than the others. This is a very. Sad. I don't know. I don't know what this is rated, but this was a very felt very adult, and it's just like the main kid at the beginning. His mom's played by Liv Tyler. She gets hit by a car, becomes a paraplegic. She's having they're they're having money problems. Oh, my goodness, and then. She befriends the woman that was drunk that hit her and made her paraplegic. And she's, like, hanging out at the house. It's She's played by Judy Greer. Hanging out at the house, like, all day. And, like, she be- yeah. becomes best friends with this woman that put her in a wheelchair, which is odd. And it's it, th- odd. this is a weird movie. It's a very weird movie. I believe uh, Brian Tellerico, the critic, he writes for Roger Ebert. But I think that for this movie, he wrote the review at film threat. He said that it's like an art house version of the sixth sense, which I can totally see that it's almost as if, Hmm, I'm trying to think of like another filmmaker that I could compare this to like maybe, uh, maybe Greg Iraqi. Like if you've ever seen, um, I have, I have generation. Where it's just kind of bizarre in how the characters act towards one another, and I just wasn't on board. Like the one thing that Jamie, who's the dead kid, obviously he he's always asking, he's always asking the main kid whose name's Adam. He's always asking him to whisper things in his ear. He's yeah, like, that's oh. kind of weird. And yeah, just the way he acts, he's just like, oh, can you whisper something in my ear? And that's how he talks. He's like really soft spoken. And what's the point of whispering in his I don't, ear? Though? I'm not really sure. Is that what keeps his spirit alive? Like, is he fueled by whispers? I don't really know. It's just a bizarre little movie. And I, it's hard for me. It, I guess I could say it's like a light recommend. I didn't really enjoy myself <laughs> while watching this movie at all, but it looks great. It's got some good performances, even though I wasn't really on board with the actions of the characters. Because to me, it'd be like, I would shit my pants if I saw this ghost and he was following me around. And he has yeah. the ability to go from closet to closet. So he can pop out of Adam's closet and then go back in the closet and pop out this other girl's closet. Okay. And it's not a horror movie either. It's more of a drama that has just supernatural elements, but it explores the idea. So, uh, why? Why is he bullied? Do they? Do they ever discuss they why he's bullied? They don't really discuss it. I think that they sort of allude to the fact that he he may have been gay. I was going to
1: say because with the whole closet thing, yeah, it makes me it immediately makes me think that he was gay.
0: There were a couple moments where I was just like, mm, I think they're gay. and the fat
1: and the fact that he's like whispering in my ear.
0: Yeah, I I think that that's what they were alluding to, but it just gotcha. didn't really mesh with me I just really wasn't into it it was competently made like I said the performances were fine it's just the characters really weren't there for me and they the way that they acted towards one another was really weird again sort of like Greg Araki in uh, Doom Generation how those characters acted towards one another where it just seemed unnatural very it was very melodramatic as well Mm-hmm. Like some it's of the like some that. of the dialogue is just weird and there is another altercation that he that Adam has between another ghost and Whoa. that was a pretty tense moment in the movie because she ends up coming after him and trying oh to hurt goodness. him. So many ghosts. But yeah, it's just an odd little film. It's available on demand right now. It's getting pretty good reviews across the board, but it really wasn't for me.
1: I gotcha. It, it, it I gotta say it doesn't sound interesting at all. It doesn't pique my interest in any way.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't really think that you it's, I think it's be, definitely I think not I'm for you.
1: Be, I'm gonna be skipping over that one. Yeah,
0: I I think that's probably a good bad. Uh I saw night moves. Ooh. Night moves. Now were you uh, were you as big a fan of it as I was?
1: Um man, I don't know.
0: I gave it a I, four on letterbox. What'd you give it? I gave it a Yeah, you gave it a and three and a half, okay.
1: To me, to me, this is... Huh, okay, she's known for her threadbare narratives, okay? Like, there's no surprise there that Night Moves contains a threadbare narrative. I was a little surprised
0: Thread- by it. I thought that,
1: judging it's, from the trailers,
0: it looked more like a thriller. Yeah,
1: it's definitely more accessible than her other films. I'll give it that. Um, but the difference between this movie compared to her other ones is, with that threadbare narrative, there's usually, like... All this room for like thoughtful ruminations about whatever the narrative is and this one there's just nothing really well, don't like th- if you just break it down to the story there's
0: nothing there's nothing beyond surface level well i think that the it seemed to me that the main focus of the movie wasn't about what they were doing or why they were doing it it was all about no. the repercussions and how yeah. those characters deal with what happens
1: but even then
0: like the way that they deal with it is
1: it's uninteresting i mean to be quite honest and it go it's i mean it's predictable
0: as all hell you know exactly how it's going to play in, uh, oh i now. didn't i didn't well it, except I, I, for i didn't I see say, that up until a cer- the, yeah it, it, to so a certain it, point i was like okay yeah
1: that one scene i do have to say is very surprising given that i've never seen that in one of her movies before yeah. where it went you know what I mean? It's so that, like I said, yeah. it's very accessible in a sense. And um, my God, that we're are we talking about the same scene set inside the sauna? Yes, yes. Oh, holy Absolutely. shit! I was kind of on the fence about this movie up until that point, point. and just everything about that scene just knocked me on my ass. Yeah, that, that was the, cu- the that lighting. Was, yeah,
0: that was the culminating scene. I mean, oh. she probably knew that she had to really knocked that one out of the park
1: oh and she did no yep. doubt
0: about that she fucking
1: knocked it out of the park just the lighting in that scene uh the framing the shot composition everything everything about that sequence was amazing and the only thing that really had me hooked well i shouldn't say the only thing i loved the the visuals of this movie like i can completely forgive all of the narrative fumblings of this movie
0: just because the, it's shot so just funny. the scene where they're on the boat at night oh my goodness going out to the dam amazing
1: are you kidding me and it, it's kind of funny because immediately what I thought of was remember with the, the the little bit of discussion that we had regarding Willow Creek how people were freaking out about that single, right, that single yeah. take inside the tent and me and you were both like are you fucking kidding me this is the fucking scene that they should be talking about. Like this scene is just leaps and bounds above that fucking inside
0: the tent bullshit that you saw in Willow Creek. I loved it because it, amount- was, it was so subtle in the way that was shot. Oh my but goodness. at the same time, so tense. Like because Un- you knew what they were doing. You didn't know how this was gonna play out. And then especially like when the people pull up and you're like, Oh my god You know, it reminds and me And they of- just sit there. They just sit there and the camera
1: just shifts from Skarsgård mm-hmm. to Eisenberg to Dakota Fanon, up to the guy changing the flat tire, back to the boat set up against the dam, back to the canoe, and just the stillness of the whole sequence is just unbelievable. The the amount of tension that she's able to bring out of that simple scene is just, holy shit. That is unbelievable. And the funny thing is, is, for me, there's a, I don't know if this happened to you, but there's a part of me that was like, did they set that timer right? Is something going to happen? Is that boat going to explode? Yeah, well yeah. While they're waiting there. But even I even with that in mind, I'm thinking, okay, she and this is the problem of being a critic and seeing a shit ton of films, is that I know she doesn't have the like the money to pull that off. So I know what's not gonna happen. I know that there's not gonna be a giant explosion because right. she just doesn't have the money for it. But I still fucking thought that there was going to be oh, an yeah.
0: explosion. Oh, me too. I mean, it was designed that way. The way that they would, sh- you know, cut to the to him setting the timer. And you're just like, oh, my God. It, you, you recognize the stakes. Even when the scene when they're driving the boat and they left. It was like they purposely left the little door open so you could see all the fertilizer packed into the boat. Mm-hmm. You feel the stakes. And you're just like, holy shit. At any moment, this could... Just explode and and terrible things are going to happen. But I also like how they did handle the explosion. The way that they yes. held, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, Because during that sequence, when that thought ran through my head, I was like, how is she going to handle this? Like, how are we going to know about this right. explosion? Because I'm pretty sure it happens. Because I had an understanding this movie was all about how they deal with... The after, yeah the aftermath of this act that they pull off. And I, yeah, I, I especially enjoyed the way that she handled that because it's not really about the act at all. Nope. It's about the people. It's, it's more of a mood piece. It, she really, to me, she really feels like the, the modern American equivalent of Antonioni, wherein I'm not really here for any of the narratives that she has to say. I'm just here to see how she tells them. Yeah. Just the, the shot composition, the lighting, everything that she does—I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I will completely agree it's with su- that. It's—I mean—it's such a terrible story, but it's told so fucking well. <laughs> hmm. Especially like the end. Like, I mean, come on, that ending was terrible, and Jesse Eisenberg's character was just—he uh, was bad. Yeah. Oh fucking my god! It's just nonstop brooding. Just constant.
0: Yeah, he was kind of a dick in it. Yeah. A little bit of a dick. Beyond beyond, beyond dick. I thought his performance was good, though. I thought it was alright. I was mean, good. he didn't really have
1: much to work with, to be honest.
0: Yeah, sometimes that makes a better performance.
1: But I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it.
0: I saw one that I didn't think I was going to enjoy, and I did enjoy, and that is Life of Crime. The Jackie Brown prequel that came oh, okay. out on... Yeah, so that came out on VOD this week as well. Stars a lot of great people, and that's probably what made it work. John Hawkes, Most Deaf, Jennifer Aniston, Tim Robbins, Isla Fisher, Will Forte. Now I I'm not the biggest fan of these kinds of movies, the kind of Tarantino clones that we mm-hmm. saw a lot of back in the 90s Mm-hmm. Where it's it's a crime movie, but it's a dark comedy too. There's there's some silly antics and there's some snappy dialogue and there's lots of characters and they're all getting into hijinks. And it's like if I want to see that, I'll just I'll watch Jackie Brown. You know? I'll just watch Jackie Brown and sure. I'll sure. and I'll see it done right. But with this movie, I was so surprised at how much I actually enjoyed it. I don't think that it's anywhere on the same level as Jackie Brown. I don't think anyone is is questioning that. I don't think the director was trying to have it be on the same level as Jackie Brown. But there are a lot of little kind of stylistic choices that he injects into it that are somewhat of a callback. Like the, the opening title uh, sequence with the movie has like the, the copyright date underneath of it, and it's got this very 70s feel to it. I kind of would have liked it to feel more like it was in the 70s. This took place in 1978. I think that a movie like, um, uh, what was the damn David O. Russell, American Hustle, mm-hmm. I think that that captured the 70s a, a lot more effectively than this movie. But that being said, the story was incredibly fun. It was Basically, it's about John Hawks, who is the younger version of De Niro, and most okay. deaf, who's the younger version of Samuel L. Jackson and Jackie Brown. Yeah. They hatch a plot to kidnap the wife of this sleazy millionaire and hold her for ransom. Jennifer Aniston plays the wife. Tim Robbins plays the husband. And as it turns out, he was planning on divorcing her anyway and running off with his mistress, who's played by Isla Fisher. So... After they kidnap her, they find out like he doesn't he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care what they do with her. Oh, boy. And basically he's just like, okay, well, you can keep her. I'm not giving you any money. And things escalate from there. It's it is very funny, but that's not really why I enjoyed it. I just kind of like the characters. John Hawks and Most Def being partners. I
1: just yeah. That <laughs> like that immediately sells me. Yeah. I mean the fact that John al- Hawks and Mostaf are partners right. in a movie. I
0: mean that that alone it makes this worth seeing. I'm in because and then
1: you throw in Will Forte. Yeah,
0: all right. The dynamic between Mostaf and John Hawks is awesome. Will Forte's pretty funny in it. He's more of a minor character. He plays this kind of douchey country club guy that's trying to hook up with Jennifer Aniston and he just happens to be at the wrong place at the wrong time <laughs> and it's really fu- uh, it's really funny to see how he deals with the situation I'm
1: so it's I'm it sold.
0: really it surprised me. It's not the best movie ever. There are some th- there are definite flaws with it, but it's still very fun and maybe it's just that we haven't had a movie like this for a long time. That you were more open to it. That yeah, I was mean, more open to kind of returning to this type of movie. You know, like Get Shorty or one of those other ones. It's I feel like it's been a while. Maybe, maybe you could consider. Um, why am I drawing a blank on like every movie I talk about today? What
1: was i the- been doing? I'm doing the same thing with camera shots. So Seven
0: Psychopaths is okay. what I was thinking of. So. Seven Psychopaths definitely has that vibe to it as well. But this this works. I was surprised that it ended up on video on demand. It seems like one that would have legs in the theater. I don't know why it didn't end up there. The th-
1: another thing that I,
0: I find very surprising, we've talked about this
1: movie numerous times, and I've never really looked it up. Outside of I knew that it was like, you know, Jackie Brown, and Jennifer Aniston was in, and most of it was in. But this is from the director of Supporting Characters, which is a movie that I've been wanting to see for a while. With uh, Alex Kropofsky.
0: Oh, yeah. I never... I just just find that interesting to go from that to Life of Crime. I don't understand why it's called Life of Crime. That's a terribly generic title. I think that if they kept it The Switch, that would have been a way more interesting title. Because you don't really know what The Switch is about until the very end of the movie. Oh, boy. And then you're like, oh, that's The Switch. (laughs) Oh, boy. I get it there it is so there's that switch at any rate I do recommend Life of Crime check that out it's on demand right now I have one that I can recommend that is Billy
1: Wilder's The Apartment from 1960 with Jack Lemmon Shirley MacLaine and Fred McMurray comedy which just expired on Netflix instance so sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> it's the main reason I watched it is because it was expiring um And it completed my journey through five of Billy Wilder's movies this year, which is something that I set up at the beginning of the year. And, okay, so the synopsis for this bad boy is Jack Lemmon is a number cruncher at an insurance firm. And he's a bachelor. He's got an apartment. So what he does is, is he lets bosses, executives above him, use his apartment for trysts. They can cheat on their wives, Mm. okay? And that's how he gets ahead at the insurance firm. And he ends up getting a big promotion, and the guy that runs the entire insurance firm starts using his apartment. But unfortunately for Jack Lemmon, who plays a character named C.C. Baxter, is that the head of the insurance firm is meeting up with Baxter's big-time crush at his apartment, and then it all gets complicated, as you can imagine. And the odd thing about this movie is, halfway through, there's a suicide. Okay? Hmm. So there's a suicide in the middle of this comedy. It's
0: like, And
1: cocktail. Yeah, kind of like cocktail. Just throw <laughs> it in there. Just fucking throw in a suicide. Circle it in. Um, but the interesting thing about this suicide is, Jack Lemon's neighbor is a doctor. And he comes over and he sort of nurses her back to health. And the way that he nurses her back is he makes Shirley McCain vomit everything out of her system because she takes sleeping pills and then smacks the shit out of her. I mean, just fucking hardcore backhand and open palm smacking on the face and then force feeds her two cups of piping hot coffee. I mean, coffee right off of the stovetop, just shoving it down her throat. And apparently, that's how you nurse someone back from a suicide attempt. Which, I mean, in his defense, it does work. She does come back. So you can't really argue with him. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's just like out of nowhere, just fucking backhand, straight across the face. Just really jolted you. And uh, Shirley MacLaine is unbelievable in this movie, I gotta say. She is the high point of the apartment. I like I could have just watched her all day. She's never her not chari- good. I I haven't seen much of her to be honest, especially like early Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. I haven't, I don't, I haven't seen a lot of her work, but man, I got to rectify that situation quick because she was outstanding in the apartment. Um Lemon on the other hand, I've always been a fan of him, but in this movie he does he overacts a bit too much. Like he's just constantly mugging the camera and just it's just a bit too much he's just trying too hard it feels like and fred mcmurray he just seems completely out of place to be quite honest i i don't know what it is he feels completely outdated in the entire film compared to everyone else everyone else is unbelievable and he's just he sticks out like a sore thumb but uh this is pretty good i enjoyed myself with this one hmm and it's, it's much, you know, we have this sort of understanding that the olden days were kind of clean. And I say that with air quotes. Yeah. Some, yeah, for the most but part. But it fucking wasn't because we have people committing suicide, just adultery, rampant, rampant adultery, just constant. I mean, my goodness, everyone was just fucking cheating back then. It seems like hmm. well, I might so. have to check this out. And uh, Richard Gaines does not show up once because he's awful in almost every Billy Billy Wilder movie, but he doesn't show up in this one. So fist pump.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely gonna have to visit some Billy Wilder stuff in the near I future. I just it, it's one of those things that
1: I, I gotta I gotta go through some more of these classics. Yeah, classic. Same it's, here.
0: It's, I mean, it's it is shameful. Like it is what I I mean. It's haven't just, it's seen. it's not it's not my cup of tea. Same here. Just, same here. But I got to I gotta force myself. Uh, what the, the only other one that I want to talk about other than start up was I saw Star Wars, the despecialized edition. This, okay. Th- I, wanted this to, this I did want to
1: ask you about this.
0: What is this? Okay. So I I heard about this. I heard rumblings about this uh, over the last, I don't know, few months or so. And I was listening to the Row 3 Cinecast. So shout out to Andrew over at row three for talking about this. Cause he saw it and I was like, Oh man, I got to seek this out. So I, I found it. And basically what it is, is a it's a group of people who are just diehard star Wars fans that okay. have dedicated their time to putting together the definitive edition of star Wars that strips out any of the changes that Lucas made over the years. Okay. So all right. there's the obvious ones, like they took out all the CG crap, but okay. there's ones, there's changes that were made even before that, like even the opening title crawl, you know, it says episode four, didn't say that originally. So what, what this is trying to do is recreate the theatrical version of Star Wars in the most pristine, high quality uh, version possible. And it's it's astounding. They use I think seven different sources for this movie. They Ooh. use the Blu-ray. They use the DVD. Uh, the the old DVD that came out, and they I think they use some some of the special features from that. They use the Laserdisc version, which uh, I, if I'm remembering correctly, the Laserdisc version is the only one that you can find that doesn't have the uh, like CG crap in it. Um, sure. and they use some other they use actual 35 millimeter cells they use some 70 millimeter cells and throw it all together they redid the sound also because the sound was changed a lot of the different sound effects and stuff were altered over the years and it's, yeah. it's incredible it looks amazing <laughs> like I cannot tell you how awesome this movie looks this, this sounds, I,
1: I, like I need to check this
0: out. The painstaking amount of detail that went into this. And I mean, you can't even, you can't tell. You can't, there's like maybe one thing that I noticed where I was like, okay, clearly that was from like a VHS or something, mm-hmm. some poor copy that, but other than the, like one little tiny scene, you cannot tell. And it looks incredible it is super high definition the file the this video file is 20 gigs what yeah it is huge <laughs> wow and they come out with they've been coming out with different versions of it they've been adding to it and fixing i mean they've even gone through color correcting it so it all Ooh. looks completely uniform it doesn't look like it's this kind of patchwork thing at all they overlay different things on top so that they make sure that it is the most original version that they can create. And I cannot recommend it highly enough if you are even a casual Star Wars fan. I'm not a diehard Star Wars guy, at least not anymore. I was when I was a kid. Yeah. But this was such a treat to watch. And I watched it with my girlfriend. She was loving it. I mean, it was just because we've never seen it even as kids watching Star Wars the ones that we saw on VHS those were still altered so it's like i've never seen like the truly the the actual theatrical version of this movie so yeah. it was uh it was really incredible to see it the way that you get this is a little bit tricky so cuz it's not you know uh, up on the up and up this isn't like an officially licensed thing or whatever it doesn't have approval from disney or anything so you got to use some back channels to try to track it down but uh you know do some do some searching online you will be able to find it they're currently at version 2.5 that is the latest version oh and so Ah. so i'm I'm gonna look for the other ones too i think that they are working on despecializing the other ones i don't think they're as far along but i think that on like version one point five or two on the other ones, so I will be seeking those out as well.
1: It sounds it sounds fantastic. It's uh, I want to get I want to get I want to get in on that.
0: Yes. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about Starred Up. This is now available on video on demand. I feel like this is another movie that probably it, it probably did get some sort of limited release, but yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's directed by David Mackenzie. stars Jack O'Connell and uh, Ben Mendelsohn, Rupert Friend. Uh, I have a synopsis here. A troubled and explosively violent teenager is transferred to adult prison where he finally meets his match, a man who also happens to be his father. Oh, boy. Now, Kevin, what did you oh, think boy. of Startup?
1: Well, um, I have a review up on the site. So you can start there. Oh,
0: yeah. You you wrote a review, so I'll start. Sorry. Yeah. I forgot you. Yeah. I forgot you. Yeah. <laughs> You're fucking right. You know, All right. Long, it took me to write that goddamn review. It was a good review. I read it. I particularly liked your review because I really liked this movie a lot. This will probably actually go in my top ten. I liked it so much. I'm partial to prison dramas. I, I like prison dramas. I always find them oh, interesting okay. just because of the amount of characters and the fact that they're, you know, stuck in this in this place and to see what being locked up does to one's psyche you know i always like that um on top of that i've said it before on the show i'm a big fan of jack o'connell since i saw him in skins many years ago and i'm also a huge fan of ben Mendelssohn.
1: oh my god who isn't if you're not
0: get the fuck out if you're not
1: (laughs) (laughs) are you serious are you not like I mean, my God. I, I've never heard anyone say, I'm not a fan of Ben Mendelssohn. Because if you did, it's probably immediately proceeded with a punch to the face.
0: Now, there's two main things about this movie that excel the performances and the visuals. First of all, the performances were stellar. Everything oh. felt so real, so natural. The emotion in this movie. I mean, it was on 11 the entire time, even the, some of the supporting roles in this movie, everything felt so organic. And, uh, I was just loving every moment of that, all of the interactions, the relationship that Jack O'Connell had with Rupert friend and how he was desperately trying to get this kid under control and figure him out and help him with his aggressive tendencies. Uh, I love the fact that it was kind of uh, a father-son story, too, between Jack O'Connell and Ben Mendelsohn and their odd relationship that they had. And it was like yeah. we could we could see what fucked this kid up. You know, we, oh, yeah. we could see it. Was it.
1: A, that's the interesting thing, because when, when you watch um, most prison dramas, there's always sort of that feeling in the back of your mind where it was like, you know, what led these people mm-hmm. to where they are now? Right. This is a movie that shows you why they are there. Like, when you're thinking about Jack O'Connell, and you're like, man, what led him to this point in his life? And then Ben Mendelsohn shows up as the father, (laughs) and you're just like, gotcha. Yep. I see exactly why he's like this.
0: And the other thing about this movie is, we don't really even know why he got locked up. The entire movie takes place in the prison.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a... They sort of touch they, they li- do
0: upon it a little bit, do. but you don't know if that's you don't know if that's legit, right? Yes, they do discuss it I, a, v- a very I, small amount. It's almost like a throwaway thing where yeah. it's like if you aren't listening right then and there, you're gonna miss it. But yes, they- which
1: I which I think is kind of um, the point that Mackenzie and Jonathan Asser, the uh, the screenwriter, was trying to make. I could be wrong. But it does seem like they were trying to make, like, if that was a legit reason for why he's in there and the way that they sort of just present it as like a throwaway line is kind of, you know, to mirror the fact that they're just, they don't believe these people and they just, well, I think they're not listening to him I think because if that
0: is the real reason that he's in the jail,
1: why the fuck
0: is he in jail? Well, that's the thing. I think that the thing is, it just doesn't matter really what, it's not what it's what he did it's what he's doing now that he's locked up yeah you know the, the... but
1: but that is the interesting thing is if you take a person like that who for all intents and purposes oh my goodness all intents and purposes has been a victim you know pretty much the majority his whole of his life. life yeah and then you throw him into confinement with other terrible people of course he's going to act that
0: way he's got
1: to survive
0: yeah and and i think that that presents itself very early in the movie the opening scene in fact as soon as they process him and throw him in his cell he's getting ready like he knows he knows what's up and i find that to be one of the most endearing things about this movie is yes it, it does explore the idea of the prison system in the united kingdom which is funny because we think that our prison system is so bad and so messed up here and it's interesting to see how over there it's not a whole lot different it is funny how there are a couple lines in this movie that reference our prison system and how bad it is but how you have (laughs) how you have Rupert Friend who is a volunteer and he is trying to help Rehabilitate these men, he's trying yeah. to give them structure, and he's trying to help them work out their problems and right. then you on the other side, you have uh I don't know I don't remember his name, but the other guy who is just a complete dickhead who seems to be trying to circumvent everything that Rupert friend is doing. are you talking about uh Sam Sproul? who was like the he's not kind of the, like the overseer yeah he's not the warden, but he's like he was like, yeah. I, I don't deputy know. governor hayes yes yes
1: yes which to us would be like the lead corrections officer yeah yeah that guy was a cunt to <laughs> <laughs> go along with the go along with the uh the ve- vocabulary that was in this movie because man do they
0: use the word cunt and fuck just well of course
1: they're just throwing that shit
0: around like crazy It's certainly not a kid's movie. (laughs) (laughs) No. This is a... No. Yeah,
1: I would agree. I would agree it's not a kid's movie. This is
0: a very dark movie. This is a very depressing Mm. movie. It's a a sad movie in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. It's it's sad because it it shows that there are a lot of people in this world that just, they don't have a chance. Like, they got a raw deal from the beginning, and they slip through the cracks, and the system fails them. And that's
1: well, it, it. I mean, it's one of those things that's going to be discussed for ages and ages and ages. Like, what do you expect from these people? You throw them into, you know, confinement, into a prison, sort of like caged animals where they just they have to sur- survive, honestly. So everything is perceived as a threat. they are right. always looking over their shoulder. They're just trying to survive. And the only way you can sur- survive in there is through violence. It's the only way that, you know, you can make it through. Right. And then after like, say, I'm not sure what his prison sentence was, but say, I'm going to guess like 20, 30 years, something like that. And then after that experience, you're just going to shove him out back into society with really nothing to look forward to. And you're just like, Hey, fucking have a good one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was fun having you for 30 years try and make it out there.
0: Yeah, that was the other thing. They and, never they never said how long his sentence was. The only thing that I remember the one guy said that he had 14 years and Jack O'Connell said that he had longer. Yeah. So, I don't think they ever straight up said what his how long his sentence was going to be, but I think we could assume that's probably going to be 15-20 or more years because there was also uh, a line that Ben Mendelson said regarding he said when you when you get out of here you 'll still be a young man or something like that. He said, so we knew it wasn 't going to be in there for life it wasn 't going to be in there for like fifty years, but still
1: a substantial amount of time
0: uh well, especially I'll... for someone
1: you know nineteen years old like who who wants to grow up in the prison system yeah not a it 's not the ideal place to grow up. Yep. There's not many coming-of-age
0: films set in prison. <laughs> and this this really is a coming-of-age yeah, story because is. the man he is when he enters prison is completely different than the man he is at the end of the film. And I think that that's another really interesting thing that they do in this movie is to, to show the development of him as a character. Uh, largely due to Rupert Friend's character who i think that they abandoned. uh well this little... is this is kind of interesting because rupert friend's character is
1: based on the screenwriter himself jonathan asser who himself was a like prison therapist for 12 years this is based on his experience and do i forget what prison it was at or whatever they just dropped his program it just boot done
0: Right, and, and so it sort of mirrors his experience, where it's just dropped, exact and and that's done, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. That's what happens when you're in prison. You know, people come and then they go, and they're gone, and that's that's yeah. it. Uh, I, I maybe would have liked a little bit more closure with him, but I understand that the entire movie was set in prison, so that if if you had him like you know at his house, you upset or something, it would have it, it would have worked. Yeah. So I do I do understand it, but it man they just dumped him real quick and he no, was gone. Did.
1: And which was the sh- a shame because I thought that those were my favorite moments <clears throat> was Jack O'Connell uh, interacting with the therapy group. I just I loved I loved all of those scenes. Yeah, it was great. It's just everyone everything felt
0: you know fresh and just it was laid back. I think a lot just of it. Even, I think a lot of it was just due to the fact that you're rooting for him. You know, mm-hmm. like I. And then he, he started to like turn the corner. Yeah. And these guys were really helping him.
1: And like, yeah, like you said, you're just, you're really rooting for it. And then you start to see the progress and you're like, yes, this is what I want. Come on. We're going down the home stretch here. And then
0: the guy's Rupert friend has just dropped and you're like, oh, fuck. Yep. And what's
1: going to happen now?
0: Yep. That's, it's sad. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on was the cinematography in this movie. I thought it was great. I, there were so many little kind of nuanced things in this movie, specific framing and shots that I thought looked so awesome. Just the there's one scene in particular where it's like the revol, they just keep the camera fixed on the, the revolving um, gate thing. Oh, yeah, at the end? At the end? And I was just With like, the, wow. Oh, but the, the sound of it? Mm-hmm. Mm. And there were a lot of, it's like, good. kind of artistic shots in this movie that I didn't expect. I, one of my favorite things,
1: but, and this is kind of small, but where he was in confinement, just in his cell, just alone, and the camera would be fixated on the window. Which I took as, like, you know, a, a sliver of hope. Yeah, you know, and they, the, they would like, show him through. Pop, he, he would and then, pop yeah, in and out of pop, the frame. He would, yeah, he would pop in and out Love of the frame, it. either doing push ups yeah. or whatever it was. You know, something, whatever he was doing was just sort of occupying the time that he was there. I, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. It wasn't, I, the only thing I, that I really have against this movie is kind of the the ending. The ending just sort of went into this like Hollywood type feel for me, you know, where Mm -hmm. everything's like working out the way, you know, the guard coming in and Ben Mendelsohn knocking him out. And just as soon as that kicked off, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. But I mean, it's it's a like a minor misstep for this movie. Yeah, it's really the only thing that I can complain about.
0: Uh, I wasn't I wasn't bothered by that at all um it it didn't feel very hollywood to me especially at the the very end where things are still kind of open-ended i mean he's still in prison he's still gonna (laughs) he's still gonna have a shitty life and he's gonna have to deal with the repercussions of everything that happened in there
1: yeah and it is very interesting that nothing happens to anyone
0: else well, yeah, so that, was, ben- that was that was
1: no O'Connor.
0: Yeah, that was one of the big surprises. Like, how can it's, how uh, can they get away with that? <laughs> I mean, that's because crazy. Because
1: they run a fucking prison. Oh yeah, it's the... you can get away with anything.
0: Yep, that's what it is. That's what it is. So, what but did I you? I do have
1: to say, the even though I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the ending, like everything that happened at the end, the the thrilling moments of it. I do have to say that it was exceptionally shot. The way that they did it. I love the lighting and everything of it. Oh, yeah. And this is a movie of performances. The performances in this film are just, they are I mean, they're top notch.
0: Oh, yeah. Like I said, emotions run high in this movie. And they're, like, it, it's incredible.
1: Well, like you said, like you were actually familiar with Jack O'Connell. This is the first time I've ever seen Jack O'Connell. Oh, I, don't... I haven't. Like, I haven't watched Skins. I don't. Know any of the other movies that he was in? What, I don't think uh, I've ever
0: seen him. Wuthering Heights. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, he was in that.
1: He was. He he wasn't really in that too much, though.
0: Actually, I don't know if he was in. Was he in? No, wait. He might have been in not the same one.
1: I think it was the
0: same. Was it one. that one? Because I know he was in one of them, but I don't know which version.
1: He does kind of look
0: familiar. Well, he was in. Did you see This it Is did. England? No, I haven't seen that yet. Oh I man, I do want to see that. Oh, jeez.
1: Oh, stop fucking laying to me,
0: <laughs> Jesus! Oh, jeez, Kevin.
1: Oh, okay. I well, I saw him in Harry Brown, which I don't think he was. I don't think that that was a big role either. I don't even remember him in that. No, this is a different Weathering Heights. Yeah, I think... this is one that immediately upon seeing the poster on <laughs> glad I have not seen. Well, either way, yeah, he. So I've seen it, I've seen him in one thing, and presumably he got shot in the face. By Michael Caine
0: yeah but holy shit yeah he,
1: Jack ready, dude.
0: he's gonna blow up you know he's gonna blow up he's he stars in that unbroken movie the one that's directed by Angelina Jolie so if this doesn't okay. if this doesn't make him blow up then that that certainly will this has to also he's in 71 which looks really good
1: it does look pretty good
0: plus all the performances from the uh
1: the therapy group.
0: Oh yeah. They're great. Those guys were fantastic. It's great because it was there's was a lot of comedy in it, but it was that kind of uneasy comedy where mm-hmm. they're joking one second, <laughs> but you know, you know damn well that at any moment any one of these guys could snap. And it could and just they, it could go they, sideways.
1: They usually do. Yes. They usually do snap. And it turns into a whole fucking thing of macho macho peacocking. And- mm-hmm. Puffing them feathers out. I enjoyed this one. As far as like prison dramas go, I mean it's kind of predictable, let's be honest, but it's it's pretty
0: fantastic. Well sure, I mean the prison drama the, it, can yeah, not, so, <laughs> it can only go so it can only go so many ways.
1: Yeah. There's not a lot of ways it can go.
0: <laughs> I mean, a lot of times with prison dramas we're we're trapped. We're trapped yeah. as much as they are.
1: Yeah, it's kind of the same thing we I talked about with like Godzilla. There's only so much that you can do with this premise, you know. It's prison. Guess what happens in prison? People beat the shit out of each other. No, and that's that's they the thing. They try of- and become
0: better people. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't.
1: Well, that's and why-
0: they just survive. That's why I think the prison lends itself really to to a lot of good opportunities with movies because you can make it look visually appealing and you can put out some really strong performances with a a decent sized cast. You yeah. know, you don't and, and I feel like movies that do that I, I'm all I always gravitate towards movies that do that where they don't rely on lots of different sets and things like that yeah, where right they they strip it down and it's like bare bones we're going to focus this is a movie about people in prison we're going to make it about people in prison we're going to focus on that. And I feel like this this movie really excelled at that. Yeah. The interest. The other interesting thing, and I don't know if this is just because I have experience in this, but no one visited him. No. Oh, yeah. Prison. Well, but they did say that he didn't have anybody. He didn't have yeah. a family or anything. Like
1: I mean, what do you expect from a nineteen-year-old in prison with dangerous adults when he has absolutely no one?
0: Yeah. But they didn't. I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? From the beginning, it's like they didn't even give a shit about him. Though they wrote him off. No, they wrote him off before they even met. That's him. what I mean. And it's
1: it's hard to judge a person like that inside of that realm because that's not a natural realm for people to exist inside of.
0: Yeah, and that's it, the it, that's always the intriguing thing to me about like prison. It's easy people to in prison. It's easy to strip away people's humanity when it comes to prison as well. Yeah, it's, and it's
1: really easy to judge people, but you know, try and think of yourself in that position.
0: You know how how would you react if I was in prison, or if yeah, I, oh, I'd be scared shitless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, that, that's the other thing. Can you imagine the stress? Like, oh my people, god! Yes, yeah. people in prison are violent, but I I strongly believe that a con- a, a contributing factor with that is the fact that you're probably stressed out 99% of the time
1: well the fact that going in you already have it set up in your mind that everyone is out to get you like everyone's a threat
0: yeah the cards are stacked against it that's exactly what i'm trying to say
1: you know what i mean you like you already go in with this preconceived notion and you have to act accordingly
0: yeah yep definitely
1: prison fucking prison dude
0: yep uh, uh. Startup. I highly recommend seeing this one. I am gonna give it. I'll give it an eight out of ten. It may move up on my list. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten as well. It may. It may go up. I'm. I'm actually. I'm actually liking it more now that I'm a little bit removed from it. Yeah, looking it's, back. It's, I mean, to be completely honest, there's not much that I can. And that's the thing.
1: That I can complain about, right. really, besides the ending. Cause it's the r- only thing that I really didn't like. But it was executed well enough, you know, visually speaking. Yeah. That I'm, I'm able to kind of forgive it a little bit.
0: Definitely. So, definitely check that out. Uh One thing we didn't mention, it, it is pretty violent. So, if... <laughs> a bit. A bit. If you are easily squeamish when it comes to brutal disturbing very real looking violence you know you might have some issues with it people choking other people out with a dick (laughs) just right in your face yeah foreground of the camera there's there's a fair amount of full frontal in this too so there you go start up go see it definitely all right let's go over our summer movie predictions we have ryan holes back with us how are you doing sir Um, pretty good. Pretty good? Okay. So, just to recap, at the beginning of the summer, we predicted what we thought the top 10 highest grossing movies would be for this summer. And we are using the time travel reviews scoring system to figure out who got the closest in the points. And we're also going to be using the box office mojo numbers here. Oh, boy. To figure out what the highest ones were. Terrible summer for movies, actually. I thought that there were a lot of good movies that came out this summer, but this is the worst box office in the last decade.
1: Ooh. Congratulations.
0: Yeah. Stop putting out shit. Really, though, when you look at the what movies came out, there have been some really good movies that came out this summer. I mean, I think Guardians of the Galaxy was fantastic. Godzilla was pretty good. 22 Jump Street was good. Um, X-Men Days of Future Past, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, How to Train Your Dragon and 2. And you're done. No, How to, tra- How to Train Your Dragon pretty 2, pretty, Neighbors, Edge of Tomorrow. These are all excellent movies. Uh, now, you would even... I, I guarantee if you gave more of those movies a shot, you would like I that. know, but it's, it's a... Uh... It's a whatchamacallit there.
1: There's just there's so many movies like that. People are just getting tired of the same thing. Like Edge of Tomorrow. What is that? Like the seventh sci fi movie?
0: Yeah, but if you see. Same it, sort of. A- and that's what I thought. And maybe that's why it didn't make as much money, is that people just thought it was going to be kind of generic, but it was actually really different and fun. And Well, that, that's what I mean. Like, it,
1: it probably is really good, and I will check it out at some point, but it's not going to get people out of doing what they're doing. They're going to be like, oh, it's another sci-fi movie.
0: Yeah. No, thank you. Maybe. I ha- I have other things to do. Yeah, maybe that's it. So, all right, do you want to go through, H- how do you want to do it? I forget how we do it normally. Go through. I don't know how we do this.
2: I don't know. I forget.
0: We went through some... the top ten. Okay, so we'll start at number ten and work our way up, and then at the end we'll each give our scores. You want to do it that way? We can do it that way, yeah. And see who won? Yeah. Uh, just a reminder, last year I won. Exciting. Oh, you're a dick.
2: <laughs> I don't, I'm, pretty sure I, I, I'm pretty sure I won. Another reminder, last year I
0: lost. Terrible. I,
1: I actually, here in my notes, I have that I won every year.
0: You won the first year we so, did it. I won the second year. Well, I year. also
1: wrote down in my notes that I won the second year. Well, you did. So. And fourth year. You did. They're my notes. My notes are never wrong.
0: I don't think I'm going to win this year. I didn't do too good.
1: I don't think any of us did.
0: Yeah. So let's get let's get into it. Number ten was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh my goodness. Also to note, none of oh. the movies in the top ten this year broke three hundred million. Which uh <laughs> looking at last year, Iron Man three had four hundred and nine million, Despicable Me Two had three hundred and sixty eight million, and Man of Steel had two hundred and ninety one. Wow. So even Man of Steel wow. was third last year. The first place movie this year didn't even come close to Man of wow. Steel. And Man of Steel was not even that good. Mm-hmm. So that kind of goes to show you what, I don't know what was going on this summer. So anyway, nice. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that was the wow. number 10. Did, did What did you guys have for number 10?
1: I had, I had Transformers. <laughs>
2: I had a million mice in the wild. Oh yeah. That, Oof.
0: That that one didn't make. it
2: Unfortunately, I had that higher. <laughs>
0: oh no. <laughs> I had Maleficent, which uh, ended up being number three. So, uh, wow. number nine was How to Train Your Dragon two with 172 million. I had that yeah. way higher. I had that higher as a number one on mine. <laughs> <laughs> I had that number three on the. Uh, what did you guys have for your number nines? A million ways
1: to die. Okay,
0: Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Yeah, mm. way higher. I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I was only one off on that one. Number eight Oof. was Twenty Two Jump Street. Got a hundred ninety million. Uh, for number eight, I had Guardians of the Galaxy. Kevin, what'd you have? I had the I had the Ninja Turtles. Okay, one off or no. Was that two. two? off. Two. Yeah. Was that two yeah, off? It was two off. So, yeah, that was five points, right, for that. I think so. Yeah. And then Ryan, what'd you have for number eight? Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Okay.
2: Ooh,
1: and that's a dark horse pick right there. I like that.
0: That Edge of Tomorrow ended up being 14th on the list. Uh, so number eight, or no, number seven was Godzilla that got 200. 200- 200 million <laughs> for number seven i had dawn of the planet of the apes ryan what did you have maleficent maleficent kevin i
1: had uh how to train your dragon okay training them dragons but i also had godzilla at number two <laughs> <laughs>
0: hmm. uh, number i'm so good at this number six well i don't think anybody that did these predictions i don't think they could have guess this one i mean usually it's not what you expect but this year i feel it was like really way way all over the place all over the place number six amazing spider-man 2
1: which that's that's surprising to me because pretty much everything i heard from people is that they hated it i certainly did well the other thing is one good thing about that movie
0: i i rated that so that got 202 million uh i rated that number three on my list because it came out very early in the summer i think it came out in may and i thought well
1: you thought it was just gonna stack yeah
0: it it has some time that's why i ranked ninja turtles and guardians lower on my list because they came out in august but that was not a good idea to do that (laughs) that's the the mistake everyone makes uh so for number six i had neighbors kevin what did you have what
1: a stupid pick. Yeah. yeah. Well I knew that,
0: I knew there was gonna be an R rated comedy in there, and I was debating if it was gonna be twenty two Jump Street or Neighbors and it was twenty two. You, you want neighbors. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean me and Ryan want a million ways to die, so
0: And neighbors was, Neighbors was number eleven, so it's not Yeah, just missed it. Just, just missed, missed it. it. Yeah.
1: So that's that's not too bad. What are what are we at now? Six. six. So what'd you I have had for six? I had
0: twenty two jump street at six. Okay. Ryan, what did you have? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Okay, so you were one off because Dawn of the Planet of the Apes yeah. is number five. That brought in $204 million. I had for number five Godzilla, two off on that. Kevin, what did you have mm. for number five? I had the Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah. One off. Mm. I had for number five I had Godzilla. Number four. X-Men Days of Future Past, that brought Ooh. in $232 million. Mm. I had X-Men for number four. Ryan, would you have?
2: Spider-Man 2. Okay,
0: that was a
1: good guess. I had, to, I had the Guardians. I had the Guardians. Mm. Guardians?
0: Guardians there. Well, I'm glad to see yeah. that you thought it was going to do good.
1: I thought, yeah. There's the, yeah. They, everyone's going to go see those. It doesn't matter what they roll out, it seems like. Marvel can just make up they the characters. They do no wrong. They could reboot fucking Yahoo
0: Serious and people would go see <laughs> Young it. Young Einstein, too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking lining up. Yahoo Serious. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, number three was Maleficent. That brought in $238 million. What the fuck is that about? That was a surprise. What's going, what's going on here? That wasn't even in my top ten at all. It was number ten for me. I thought that shit would flop. That's what I kinda thought. Like I, I kinda thought it would do okay. Which is but... kinda crazy because I'm an expert.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. You are you're and, you're a numbers and, cruncher when it comes to box yeah. office.
2: And for me to be that wrong,
0: it's embarrassing. Yeah. Alright, so Ryan, what'd you have for number three? Uh train
2: your dragon
0: too. Okay. Hey, Kevin, what'd you have for your number three? My number three was uh Dawn of the Apes Planet. Okay, so you were too off on that. And I had Spider-Man for my number three. Mm. So, Mm. number two, Transformers Age of Extinction. Now, it looked like for a long time, mm. for a long time, it looked like this was going to be the number one. If it would have been, I just, oh my God. I would have been pissed.
1: What is, is, like, I just, I don't
0: understand people
1: anymore. I just don't get people. I
0: don't get them. Well, I think that we said it, on a previous episode i'm pretty sure that transformers age of extinction is proof that people do not listen to critics at all when they decide to go see movies because mm. it gets universally panned by critics and it ends up being the number two movie of the summer pulling in 244 million terrible
1: but the best part is, is it's just like all the other transformers movies
0: like just rewatch the first one you have it on dvd well, I, and again, when I don't know if, I don't know if I mentioned this in a previous episode, but there is a video where these these three guys watch all three Transformers movies, the first three Transformers movies side by side by side all at the same time on three different screens, and it's amazing to see how they line up. Yeah, they have like the same rhythm to all of them. Yeah, well they're they're structured the exact same. Yeah, I mean, even like the story beats are the same, the action scenes happen at the same time. It's ridiculous.
1: Like, you're just going into it, like, okay, these giant robots are gonna like destroy buildings and shit. Like, oh man, I can't wait to see that again.
0: I think if this summer's taught us anything, it's that people are now expecting more than just people are, no, people are expecting the same thing.
1: Over I don't, and over I again. I, Just keep giving it to them and they'll fucking eat it up. I don't think so. Because a lot of people saw Transformers, but they also hated it. Yeah, but they said the same thing about the first three. That's true. Exactly. They're going to say the same
0: damn thing with Transformers 5. Well, I'm really hoping that this summer kind of jumpstarts the whole blockbuster thing. Restructuring is necessary with these summer movies.
1: Maybe I don't think it's gonna happen though. I guess we'll. But see. I'm gen- I mean, we got, generally
0: never optimistic about anything though. This this was like kind of the shitty year. Next year is gonna be when it gets huge. Next year oh, we got boy. really big movies coming out, uh-huh. and next year in 2016, those are gonna be huge because we mm-hmm. got like Star Wars, we got Avengers two, we got new Captain America, Batman v Superman got some huge ones coming out within the next two years anyway number two ryan what did you have for number two x-men x-men okay kevin what'd you have for number two
1: i had uh i had the
0: godzilla godzilla okay i had transformers so it was one of the two uh-huh. that i had right on the money mm, i did not have the any ryan just to give you a heads did up did you have any that were right on ryan no no all right well look Luke, who's gonna win probably not I mean you can still win with well we'll we'll go over it here in a second. Guardians of the Galaxy was number one. That brought in two hundred and seventy four million. That is that pleases me to see that. I was really because when that opened, it was the biggest opening weekend for August ever. And then the very next week, I think it was the next week, Turtles came out and beat it. And I was like, Oh my god. Turtles. If Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ends up making more money than Guardians of the Galaxy, I will be pissed.
1: Turtles. Come on. Because
0: that movie sucked. Another thing that I was happy, I
1: was happy that Guardians was one. Another pleasant surprise was Lucy at 13.
0: Yeah, that did really well. I like that. Did you also like that The Fault in Our Stars was 12? That one I'm I'm eh (laughs) about. Like, I'm okay with that. I almost put that in my top
1: 10. I'm glad I didn't. I almost did too.
0: I'm surprised it wasn't higher, to be honest. It's one of those, I think that with a lot of those young adult things, they hit the ground running and they start off really strong and then fizzle out really quickly. Yeah. Like, they come and go really fast. Uh, So, number one, Ryan, you had Transformers, right? Yeah. Kevin, what would you have for your number one? I had uh, X-Men. X-Men. Okay. And I had How to Train Your Dragon 2. Ooh. big mistake
1: that was a terrible choice well the ah, mm.
0: it should have done better it should have done way better than number nine mm. because it was mm. really good excellent movie i don't really know what happened with that one honestly
1: <laughs> you gotta remember excellent movies do not make money
0: okay i think that it, that there is some sort of correlation there there's there's exceptions to the rule but i think it's Generally, the better the movie, the worse money it makes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a good exception, but I think Guardians of the Galaxy was my favorite movie this summer as far as blockbusters.
1: I want to see my favorite movie at of- one second here.
0: I only saw two of these, I only saw two out of the ten. That's it. Ryan, how many did you see out of the ten?
2: Uh. Mmm. <laughs> one (laughs) (laughs) which one was that which one one was that I'm looking at my own top ten I don't (laughs) it was the one that (laughs) didn't I didn't see any of the top ten
0: none wow Wow. you got some movies to watch there buddy yeah Phew. I saw eight of the ten hmm the only ones I take
1: a guess the ones that you uh, Maleficent and Transformers yeah
0: those are the two that I didn't see. I don't like
2: going out in public. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you love it?
0: Uh, so some some notable ones on the list: Purge, Anarchy ended up with being in sixteenth. Tammy ended up being in fifteenth. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which we mentioned, ended up in fourteenth. But it looks like... Think like a man, too, at 18. Right under Hercules at 17.
1: Hercules <laughs> at 17. Are you kidding me? Why is Blended so high? Why is Let's Be Cops so high? Is... Ugh, but Into the Storm is 24. Into the Storm. That's not even a movie. Yeah. It's just a sizzle reel. <laughs> of, uh, look what we can do with effects.
0: It's Western too. Well, uh, my girlfriend saw into the storm and she said that the effects weren't even that good so No they
1: do not look good at all. (laughs) They look they look like a video game cut sequence.
0: Yeah, yeah they kinda do. Oh
1: good Lord.
0: There you have it. Pretty Mm. disappointing summer. Good lord. I'm hopeful for next summer. Hopefully they shake things up, give us some new interesting things. Yeah
2: I go out in public next summer.
1: You going out in public next summer? Maybe Oh, right. It's
0: still undecided. He's still on the fence about it. <laughs> so, you said that you saw one from y- your personal list. What was that? I guess it was. It was one from the list and two
2: from my personal list. I saw Spider Man 2 and My Invoice on the list.
0: Two of the shittiest ones.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, so overall, good summer for you. Good yeah, summer. I hate going out in public.
1: Good summer for you at the cinema. That's probably why you don't like going out in public. Because you go to see shitty films.
2: Mm. <laughs> it's that all <laughs> the ridiculous people of the world. What's that? It's that all no, the
0: ridiculous people of the world. Oh yeah, that's true. I hear you on that one. Maybe that's it. Maybe people are just sick of people, and that's why oh, yeah. the box no, office to- numbers are lower.
1: We're totally sick of people. Plus, just going to the cinema nowadays is a fucking nightmare.
0: Oftentimes. Oftentimes, it's a, it is a nightmare. It's, ex-
1: it's expensive. The experience is awful with your
2: fellow citizens. This is the World Cup, too. Yeah, you got so the I, spent, going on. I spent I
0: spent a that. month watching. Soccer. That's true. That's right. Yeah, I don't oh, know that. if that would impact box office numbers though.
2: It doesn't really, but it impacts my ambition to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, well let's uh let's calculate these numbers. Ryan, let's get these scores. Ryan, we'll start with you. What was your final score? Thirty-eight. 38 oh kevin what was your right. final score or, i got you by one i got 39 i had 49 oh you fucking dick and you're like oh i'm not gonna win well i thought i did uh, compared to me. last year i thought i did pretty shut bad shut your face so shut how many how many did you guys have on your list that were not on the final top 10 two kevin i had one i only had one and then I had two that were right on, which... That's what did it. That's what did those it. Those were 10 points each. So I had Transformers and X-Men mm-hmm. right on. I only had one that was one off, and
1: then I had four that was two off, and then four that were on the list. Four that
0: were two off. That's not bad. I, had, I only had two that were two off. I had one that was one off, which is seven points, and then one, two, three, four four that were on just on the list i think the real
2: story is that i got last place again i you're damn right buddy but your
0: list really good, your list this this year was better than the other two years that we did this your list was pretty solid this year you might have had it this year
2: you, you almost have. brought it home, buddy almost did it so they had cans and horses and hand grenades yeah, that's that like good. such an old man saying that you just did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, it's that
1: country wisdom that he likes to spin.
2: <laughs> oh my
0: God. <laughs> Do we have uh, any final thoughts on the summer overall? How was your, not just looking at the big blockbusters, but how was your guys' summer of movies in general? Looking at, you know, the the Indies and all that stuff. Soccer, <laughs> soccer,
1: World Cup. He's all about World Cup. I would say the all the other movies that I saw, you know, other than the ten that are listed here are infinitely better than the ten that are listed here. And just looking at all these it's just like disaster porn. Like oh buildings and ships and shit being destroyed. With a loud soundtrack. Like they all sound the same.
0: I'm glad to see that the Ghostbusters 30th anniversary re release is 75th on the list. And that may seem low, but that came out just this weekend for one weekend only. And it made $490,000. That's pretty good. Like, I just like to see that. I saw a lot of really good movies this summer with. Uh, Boyhood I saw that before but it came out this summer Snowpiercer came out this summer uh, Obvious Child Which is might make it to my top 10 Calvary So There's there a lot of good movies The Rover, Life Itself um, Cold in July I'd like to see Eye Origins I haven't seen that yet We Are the Best, The Double There's
1: a lot of good movies
0: Yeah, a lot of good movies came out this summer <laughs> A lot
1: of good ones A lot of good ones on there
0: Start up. Most of them did not make money. Yeah, unfortunately they didn't. I mean, Snowpiercer got 49th, which is pretty good considering it got uh, it was released on VOD. And of course, a lot of these go to VOD either before they hit theaters or day and date, and those numbers aren't represented here on the box office mojo list. These are just theatrical numbers, so I think Snowpiercer made quite a bit of money on video on demand. Oh, I'm sure. I think that that was arguably sure. one of the biggest video on demand releases to date. Yeah. When you have like a big budget sci fi movie like that hitting vi- video on demand, that's that's a good sign, and it's got a lot of stars in it as well. All right, there you have it. The summer of 2014. Any closing <sighs> thoughts, Ryan? World Cup.
2: Hmm. World Cup. <laughs> Ryan wants more World Cup.
0: <laughs> what about soccer movies? Have you seen any... Did you see any soccer movies this summer? Uh, I saw that stupid fucking... Uh, Hooligan Factory? Yeah. There was like uh, three other movies. There was that movie about FIFA. Did you see trailers for that, Kevin? It looks uh, so terrible.
2: It does <laughs> That movie looks yeah. so
0: bad. There's so There's that movie about FIFA, and then there was... At least two documentaries that came out that I didn't see. And then Hooligan Factory, Goal of the Dead. You should check that one out, Ryan.
2: Zombies sucker. You can't
0: get much better than that. I was disappointed. It's extremely long. No. And it's it's like done in two parts. Each part is a different writer and director. So it's almost kinda like a grindhouse type thing but that makes it so long and huh. ugh, I was not that into it but alright there you have it Ryan thank you for taking some time to uh, come on the show and give us your thoughts
2: back to the World Cup for me <laughs> he's just
1: gonna <laughs> sit in the darkness for the next four years
2: I have it on my DVR and I'm gonna rewatch every game even though I didn't know what happens
0: if that's true, that's really sad. <laughs> All right, let's go over some predictions. Last week we said as above, so below. You said twenty, I said thirty-six. Actual thirty-three. And
1: I, for the most part, I've
0: actually seen good things from people about this one. Ah, eh, found footage horror. Nope. So you haven't seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Nope. Yeah. It's playing here, but I just don't. I did, for whatever reason, I'm like. Just a tiny bit interested? Wow. I don't know why. I have no idea why. I'll I'll probably... I don't know if it's my
1: love for Sprelunking.
0: Catacombs. I'll probably check it out, because I do like movies that take place in caves and getting trapped in caves and that, that type of thing. So I may... I'll probably check it out when it hits VOD or Netflix, but... I don't need to, It's not one I need to see in the theater. No,
1: I, I'll wait until it shows up on Netflix and stuff. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, the November Man. You said 15, I said 20, actual 36. hmm <laughs> Yep, not... Mm. Not interested.
1: So it made less money than Let's Be Cops.
0: Apparently. That's not good. No. Nope. Um, I should note that Startup got a 98%, so... Looks like oh, a, yeah. looks like a lot of other critics are liking that one, too. So, Yeah, but I
1: did. And I'm the most important. You are. So yes,
0: yes, you are the most important. <laughs> Read Kevin's review. Don't. <laughs> don't. No, do.
1: No, don't. I'm not sure. I'm um, conflicted about it.
0: Next week on... Oh, I really, there's no movies coming out next week.
1: Fantastic.
0: So, I don't think we really need to predict anything, because I'm pretty sure that nothing's getting... A wide release.
1: No, it, yeah, I agree.
0: In limited release next week, we have the identical. Uh, a, don't don't, don't really know anything about that. The longest week, uh, Innocence.
1: I'm lo- I'm looking forward to reviewing that movie.
0: The longest week. Yeah. Yes, I'm excited. I, I saw it already. What for my review? Yes, I, I'm excited for your review. I already saw it, but I, I'm not saying a, a word about it. Oh. Thunder and the House of Magic. Oh, wait, wait! That I thought it was. Okay, let's
1: make things clear here. I thought it was the House of Magic. Yeah, well, that's what I thought, but now
0: it's so called wait, Thunder. No, no,
1: no! Are you kidding me? Thunder and the House of Magic. Yeah, it's the title of the movie. Yep. That immediately went to the top of my list. Well,
0: it's a whimsical animated family adventure. So, holy shit! Uh, God help the girl. That's actually what I'm interested in. It's a musical. Some Concerned about that, but I heard that it was pretty good. That that premiered at Sundance. If you like yourself some Bell and Sebastian, do you like yourself some uh, Bell and Sebastian? Yeah, big fan. No, I mean I'm um, not a big fan. I wouldn't say that I dislike them. I'm not a big fan either. My wife is a huge fan. I- I'm gonna check this one out. This is gonna be on on VOD, so. Uh also in limited release we have Trailer Park Boys Don't Legalize It. I did see that one as well. Probably talk about that next week. Frontera. It looks okay. like a boar. looks like a bore. Uh Wetlands, which I highly recommend that one. Not, nope. Not getting hmm. a, not getting any kind of VOD release to my knowledge either, which is really disappointing. I want to rewatch that one. Uh nope. Kelly and Cow, no no, a documentary. I want to see that. Uh, Memphis heard heard uh, decent things about that. That's pretty much it. Hmm. Yeah, not not really nothing. Mm. Really no. nothing next week at all. No, not at all. It's the end of the summer. That's it. Oh boy. So on video on demand, we do have a number of things, most of which look not great. Devoured, Sledge, Falcon Rising, Drive Hard. The Pact Two. Now I was a huge fan of the Pact One. However, this one I'm not so sure about the it's different directors on that one, but the directors that they did get were uh it was the the guy that did Entrance, which was a really interesting super low budget indie horror movie that got a lot of buzz last year. Yeah. Uh The Longest Week, Killing Cal. And God help the girl. Wow. So there's a couple there that I would recommend, but not, not a whole lot. A lot of just kind of random, generic-looking stuff. DVD yep. and Blu-ray next week, we have 14 Blades, which is a Donnie Yen movie. I'll be checking that out. Seems like a lot of Blades. It's a lot. It's a lot of Blades. Cabin hmm. Fever Patient Zero. I'd skip that now, one. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Why is this happening? Draft Day. Oh, Jesus (laughs) Christ. They came together. I can't believe that that was a fucking movie. Draft Day. Yep. Are you serious? Ryan saw it. He said it was terrible. Oh, I'm sure it
1: was. (laughs) I mean, hey, you guys want to see a movie about the Bengals drafting?
0: Starring Kevin Costner?
1: Yeah, not even football, just the Bengals drafting. Does that sound interesting? And everyone said no. That doesn't sound interesting. <laughs> and then they made and it. And they way. were like, "Fuck it, we're doing it anyway." Well, who didn't? Kevin s- Costner, the most charismatic person ever.
0: Who who directed? Somebody big directed that, wasn't it like,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Rightman. Ivan it?
0: Reitman directed that. Yeah. God, God Almighty. The, what the fuck is going on in the world? So, <sighs> uh Whitewash also comes out on DVD and Blu Ray. That was kind of a, I'd call that a, a sleeper this White-wash. year. Whitewash. Whitewash with Thomas Hayden Church. That was a. Big, oh
1: yeah, okay. I, I kind of remember that you talking about this one.
0: Yeah, it had a, Cohen Brothers vibe to it, very strong Cohen Brothers vibe. But I actually liked it. Uh-oh. That was another VOD surprise for me this year. So sure. yeah, I'd, I'd check that that one out as well. And I think that that is it. Were there any Criterion's? Uh nope. Nothing no Criterion. Nothing on Criterion. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to fuck with that. Draft day release? No, you gotta. Dedicate, so yeah, you, yeah, you dedicate I mean, you an entire Tuesday to draft day.
1: Are you kidding me? Do you think you're gonna sell any DVDs with Draft Day starring Kevin Costner coming out? You're not. Okay. I want to know just where smart
0: and just wait. I want to know where people go to buy Blu-rays these days because let me tell you something. I uh, when the raid me. when the raid two came out, I was all about it. And I don't I don't buy a whole lot of Blu-rays these days, okay. but I was like. The Raid Two came out today. I gotta go pick it up. I go to Best Buy. It's nowhere to be found. I, I go to the the Blu-ray section on Best Buy <laughs> and it is the saddest looking piece of shit section I've ever seen in my life. There's like four movies on each row, on each on each <laughs> shelf. And it's just are it
1: the majority of them private Benjamin. <laughs>
0: no. No. That's probably <laughs> I, in there somewhere. I, did that get a blue, light? I, a blue light release? I have no idea, but it was just a complete mishmash of stuff and and so I was disappointed I couldn't find it anywhere. so I go to Barnes and Noble and I was like I might have a better better some better luck with Barnes and Noble because they have the criterion section and stuff, and they might have a better selection. I find it on DVD there yeah no
1: nope. at least at Barnes and Nobles, you have a guy or girl, that that's their job. Like, that's their area.
0: Yeah, so I find it on DVD. Uh, However, I have to ask the lady. I'm like, hey, did you get the raid too? Because it was on their little sign that said new releases. And she's Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, let me find it for you. First of all, she goes to, like, the sale rack that's up at the front where it's just like a jumble. You know, there's no organization. So
1: right off the bat, you're like, you
0: don't know what you're doing. It's just a jumbled mess. And she finds the raid two in that jumbled mess on, oh, okay. on DVD. And I was like, well, oh, do you have it on Blu-ray? And she's like, Oh no, I only got one copy in and I sold it. I was like, y- you got one copy of this movie? Like what the fuck? So then I end up ordering it you gotta, on Amazon. You gotta,
1: yeah. You got to pre-order that shit from Amazon. Get it same day. I,
0: I guess that's what it is. I mean the, I used to, and you used to love doing this too, where we go to, uh, borders at the time oh yeah and we would just browse we would just browse their dvds for hours finding the coolest Dude, yeah, stuff like
1: i that's how we found out about how many films that's yeah. how i found out about eight and a
0: half so many movies
1: like ushered into this world of art house cinema
0: but it's like that just doesn't exist anymore i mean not really no you have to browse online it's just Is it's not the same that, well then the, the online thing gets you get
1: sucked into that shit.
0: You do. It's completely
1: different than just like browsing at a brick and mortar store. You
0: do, but see, I you can be
1: like, you can actually check your watch and be like, wow, I've been here a long time. It was light outside. Now it's dark. I should leave <laughs> and do something else with my life. On the internet, on the other hand, you get sucked in for like three days and you don't sleep for three days, and it's just like I'm Amazoning right now. Please do not talk to me ever.
0: And but the other thing about that is, I never trust what I'm ordering. Because I'm a perfectionist when it comes to the version that I get and the the you know, if there's any any cracks in the case, any any tears, anything like that, I'm I freak out over. So that's the <laughs> one thing about online shopping that I that I don't necessarily like. But I whatever, I guess that's something I have to deal with from now on. Well, fuck you, Best Buy, I think is the moral of the story. Oh, Best Buy is the worst, dude. Best Buy, if you're listening, go fuck yourself. I I tweeted at Best Buy about how horrible they were a couple months ago, and they replied, and they were like, what happened? And I was like, your customer service is horrible. And I I had to deal with, I needed to buy a new headset this week, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do in-store pickup because that's... (laughs) Because I know if I go there, they're either not going to have it or I'm not going to be able to find it and nobody's going to be able to help me.
1: Well, that's always the best thing about those places. It, you you know talk to the employees. The employees have no understanding of the place that they work at at all. It, to me, it really feels like they just pick people. They scoop people off of the street that morning. Yep. And like, hey, you're going to be employees for the day. Just if people ask any questions. um, just make it seem as though you are they're interrupting your day and they're assholes and then they'll just leave.
0: Yep, so anyway, I did in-store pickup and I'm waiting in line for like 20 minutes. I get up to the line and they go, oh, we moved our in-store pickup over to the other side of the store. And I was like, what? I was like, there's no signs. There's nothing. This is, I always had to come here to pick up my stuff. Now you're telling me you moved it? And I walk over to the other side of the store and there's like, there's nobody even there. <laughs> oh my god. It was ridiculous. Anyway. oh, That's amazing. Just terrible retail. Ugh, oh, Just so bad. Alright, I think that that will wrap it up for the day. Be sure to send us your questions. Podcast at filmpulse.net is the address. We'll be sure to answer them on the show. Follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at Kevin. And be sure to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For FilmPulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches and movie.
1: I had The Maze and Spider-Man. Okay. Are we stuck in a time loop here? <laughs> I feel like I just said that. <laughs>